Good morning, New Life Manitou. Would you stand and worship with us?
count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God that never late Is working all things out Working all things out Yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I will bless your about the words that we're singing. We're choosing to praise. No matter what our year, our month, our day has looked like, we're choosing to say, yes, I will praise you, God, no matter what. No matter how dark it looks, 
no matter how hard it's been. So I would like us to sing that um, bridge and chorus again. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against. Yes, I will lift you high.
praise your name. We're gathered here today to give you all praise, our worship. We present to you, Lord, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. My name is Pastor Joe Kirkendall. I'm the pastor here, and I have a little story to tell you. It's a story from my childhood. I used to go to church with my parents, and I'm very blessed to have my parents in the house this morning, and me and my brother. My brother's also here. Wait, Brian, my brother Brian is here and his family for the holidays. And as little kids, me and my brother uh, would go to church with my parents. And back in the day, how they did times of offerings, of tithes and giving to the Lord was uh, silver plates. You'd pass a silver plate. I mean, today we have like, you can get QR code and online and that's all wonderful. But as a little kid, this silver plate would go by. And my dad would often pull out his wallet and he had the wallet that every dad had in the 80s with the little Velcro thing. So my dad would open up his wallet and he would often give me and my brother the money and we, with great responsibility, would get to, we would get to, as that tray came by, we'd get to put the money in to that tray and pass it along. And then the sense of joy, like as a little kid, six, seven years old, I remember just the sense of joy and accomplishment and honor that, that, because like, where does that money go? That money goes to the Lord. And as a kid, I had no idea, like, how does that even work? I just know that I got to be a part of it. I got to put money into that little tray. And you're probably snickering because like, you you didn't put your money in, it was your dad's money. Your dad opened his wallet, gave you the money, you put the money in. What's the big deal? Well, as a kid, it was a big deal. And then as I got a little older, I thought, well, that was silly. And now I've like come full circle as a dad and as a pastor. And, and maybe some of you know what I'm about to say right now. But isn't everything a gift from our Heavenly Father? Like the time that we have, the, the, like it's like sand in our hands that's falling through every moment, every blessing, 
every talent, every gift, isn't that all just like a gift from the Heavenly Father that we then get to, like little kids, put in an offering tray, that we get to plant seeds for the kingdom of God. And I have a challenge for you this day and this week. A lot of people are up for challenges this time of year as we, you know, put in goals for our bodies, goals for eating right, goals for church, goals for financial things. The challenge I have for you is, is are, are you worshiping the Lord with your, with your giving? The things that the Lord has given you, not just money, but your time, talent, your treasures, the things, the gifts that the Heavenly Father has given you. Do you have a plan to, to, for this year, for 2024? That's, that's tonight, I guess. Do you have a plan for, for giving to the Lord? Giving to him like a little boy receiving something from his father and putting it into a tray to give. And the only thought was, this is going to the Lord. I'm blessing the Lord right now. Would you pray with me as we enter into this song and this time of giving? Lord, as we consider worshiping you with our tithes and our offerings, however it is that we give, Lord, would you bless that? We say this old phrase, thine own, of thine own, we offer unto thee. Lord, it's all yours. You give us gifts, blessings, and Lord, we give it all back to you because you are God. You are a good heavenly father and we praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's sing that third verse again. Then on the third at break of dawn the Son of to be here. God, we thank you that you have allowed us to hear your word. Would you prepare our hearts to hear your word spoken to and over us? In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, New Life Manitou. How y'all doing? (laughs) Happy New Year's Eve. All right, now that you're awake, um, the kids can be dismissed. And if you would turn and greet the people around you for just a moment, we will be back in just a minute with the word.
Well, good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Anybody excited about the new year? Good. Me too. Uh, this week, we have, uh, I have a guest speaker I'm going to introduce you in just a moment. Uh, just to let you know some upcoming things. Next week is going to be our Vision Sunday. All the New Life congregations, New Life Manitou included, we will talking about uh, we will be talking about what it means to be our church, and so we will talk about what it means to make disciples in Manitou Springs, calling people to worship, connect, and to serve. I hope you can make it, and you don't want to miss next week because we're going to have a release party of our worship CD that we uh, yes. We, uh, if you don't know, we uh, recorded an album right here a few months ago, and we have the physical CDs. And so next week, if you are here, you will get a gift. Everyone coming next week will get uh, a physical CD. Uh, just and it's I've listened to it. I already have one. I assume you don't have one yet, uh, but you will next week. And you can get one digitally. So digitally, uh, it's Friday, right? This Friday coming up, you can download it from iTunes or Spotify or however else uh, you, you get music these days. Uh, so it's a digital release on Friday and then you will get for free if you show up next week a physical copy of our CD. So that's really exciting. And it's just a, a testament to what the Lord is doing among us when we gather and we worship. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me introduce to you uh, no stranger to the pulpit. In fact, I told a couple of people this week that she was preaching, and they were really too excited. They were too excited. They got. I was like, "Hey, don't don't be too excited. Like, like I'll be back later. I'll be back next week." Um, but we have Jordan Lewis preaching for us, and she is no stranger to our congregation. She's spoken quite a bit. She's often here doing the offering moments and really uh, assisting in, in pastoring this congregation. Many of you know her. Personally. 
personally. She is someone who is a poet, like she literally writes poems. And, and I, last time I had her speak in, in this pulpit, I, I, I made sure to say, listen carefully to her words and her word choices because they're very special. They're very anointed. So she's a poet. She's someone who's a prophet. She is a pastor. She's on staff with one of the other New Life congregations, New Life Friday night. And so would you give a New Life warm welcome to Jordan Victoria Lewis. Thank you, Joe. Hi, friends. Good to see y'all. Um, this is a special full circle moment for me because January 1st of this year, I was here at Manitou. So I love that I got to begin the year with y'all and I get to end the year with y'all, which is so I feel blessed of the Lord. So happy new year. Um, when Joe invited me to speak, I was thrilled, one, because I always love being with y'all, but two, because New Year's Eve is actually my favorite holiday. Of all the holidays, New Year's Eve is my favorite. Not New Year's Day. New Year's Day is kind of like, you know, but New Year's Eve, it's like the exciting, like pulse of something, like ending something old, beginning something new. It just makes me so happy. So I love to be with my favorite people on my favorite holiday. This is awesome. And, but I'd love anything new. I love the start of a new year, of a new month, a new week, a new day. So for me, it's not so much because something old is bad and something new is better. I just love the buzz of possibility that something new breaks. So that is the energy that I have today. That's the spirit that I'm in today is just excitement and joy for a new year for us and also excitement and joy over all of you. And I don't know if y'all are like me, where if it's the start of a new year, a new month, a new day, a new week, I'm always having like a, okay, it's something new. What am I going to do? How am I going to start this? What is it going to be? So I don't know if y'all are the type of people who have like a New Year's resolution or a word for the year. Does anybody have a resolution or a word for the year? Y'all, y'all are just chilling. Look, so we have a cousin who lives in town. And his wife, Miss Ingrid, we had Christmas dinner with them, which was so fun. And my dad is like, Ingrid, do you have any resolutions or anything for the new year? And Miss Ingrid looks at us, puts down her fork, looks at us, and she's like, listen, I'm going to do the same thing in 2024 that I did in 2023. And I'm like, that is the type of energy I probably should have, but I just absolutely do not. I'm like, it's new. What am I going to do? So if y'all are like Miss Ingrid and you're like, I'm doing the same thing in 2024 that I did in 2023, I respect it. That's fine. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's a potential, something exciting to have something new. Unless you're like Miss Ingrid and you were doing the right thing in 2023 and you're going to keep doing that in 2024, people like me need to start over and do something new. So here we go. Um, if you don't have a resolution, a lot of you don't, which is great. Um, I, as I was praying for us, um, asking the Lord for a word for us for this year as a congregation, as a people, I really felt like I had something for us. So you can take it or leave it. Um, but a collective resolution or a collective word for the new year is this, follow Jesus. The word, the resolution for 2024 for Manitou is follow Jesus. Some of you may say, well, I'm already doing that so easy. I'm done. I'm going to be like Miss Ingrid and do the same thing in 2024 that I did in 2023, which is great. Some of you are like, I don't know about all that. Jesus seems cool. I believe in him, but I don't really want to follow him. And I respect that. I'll try to change your mind, but I respect your decision for now. 
And some of you are intrigued where maybe as you've been praying this week or thinking about ending this year and beginning something new, you're kind of wondering, hey, is there something different that I should embrace in 2024? Follow Jesus is what I would say. And I really believe, no matter where we are on the spectrum, that there is something for all of us in this word, this phrase, this resolution to follow Jesus. So with that, let's pray and we'll get into the word. God, thank you so much for the end of a year and the beginning of something new. I know for some of us, 2023 was the worst year of our lives and we are counting down the hours until it's over and we can begin afresh. God, for those of us where that's the case, Lord, I pray that you would bring your peace, that you would bring your healing, that you would bring restoration and that you would bring hope. Lord, for those of us who are kind of indifferent, where you're like, one year is the same as the next year, is the same as the next day, who cares? Um, God, I pray that you would stir up a bit of joy and some holy anticipation for my friends. There's nothing wrong with kind of being easygoing and steadfast, but if there is any disappointment or disillusionment with um, the indifference of a new year, God, I pray that you would wipe that away and stir up a little bit of hope and excitement for my friends. Lord, for those of us who are pumped and excited and who can't wait for the clock to strike 12 and for the new year to begin, Lord, I pray that you would blow the breath of your joy and your strength and your peace um, onto that joy and excitement, Lord. God, I thank you that you are our friend, you are our father, and you are the God who exists outside of time but also you are the author of time and the author of our days. So Lord, I pray that whatever steps we take, whatever words are, are heard today, whatever stirred up in our hearts, Lord, that you would be pleased and that we would feel and experience your presence with us. In Jesus' name, amen. I say follow Jesus, but I say that with a lot of joy, but also I am very sober when I say that because I know that I'm not asking us to do something very easy. For some of you, it'd be easier to just go on that diet that you've been avoiding or lose the 30 pounds that you've been trying to lose or whatever it is. It would be easier to do something else other than follow Jesus. And you'd be right about that. I once heard someone say, all God wants is everything. All God wants is everything. So when I invite us to follow Jesus, I know that I'm asking you to give God everything, all of your soul, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your decisions, all of your actions, all of your internal workings. I know that I'm asking you for everything, not just a lot, for everything. But God is worth it. God is who we were made for. Genesis 1 says that we were made in his image and in his likeness. Ecclesiastes says eternity has been placed in our hearts. So that burning that we feel that, is this what my life is? Is there supposed to be more? Yes, because God is who we're made for. Eternity has been placed in our hearts. Jesus died for us so that we could become God's children. And it's God's desire that everyone be saved and say yes to him. But we know that belonging to God takes belief. It takes death to self 
It takes picking up our cross daily, which means it takes picking up the, the reminder that Jesus came for us so that we can live toward Jesus and not live for ourselves. That is a lot to ask for. But to me, it's really important. And I would be a bad friend if I stood up here and was like, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you can pick and choose what kind of Jesus you want. That would be disrespectful of me to you. And that is not the kind of person I am. I know I'm asking you for a lot, but I know that it is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Following Jesus is the best thing that you could ever do with your life. But the scriptures tell us, even though it's the best thing, it's not easy and it's not simplistic at all. So let's visit a story that some of you know, some of you don't, but a story that demonstrates just how hard it can be to follow Jesus. So Mark 10, 17 through 22, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. If you have your phones, you can scroll to that. If you don't want to do either of those things, it's on the screen. Mark 10, 17 through 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So imagine this guy runs up to Jesus, is on his knees. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. So imagine this young guy runs up to Jesus on his knees. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus kind of starts messing with him because sometimes Jesus could be like that, right? He's like, well, you know, like, don't kill nobody. Don't steal nothing. Don't, like, don't disrespect your parents. Like, and it won't be that big of a deal. But this guy knew in his heart that there was something else. There was something more. So he could have said, oh, great, got up off his knees and just went on about his, his way. But he was like, no, I've, I've kept all that since I was a boy. So he invites Jesus to keep sharing with him, right? Verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So here this guy comes to Jesus on his knees. What must I do? And Jesus tells him exactly what to do to inherit eternal life. But instead of the young man receiving Jesus's answer, he gets up and he goes away sad because he had great wealth. So if we're made for following God, and if Jesus is what's best for us, then why isn't that the easiest thing in the world? Why didn't the rich young ruler, this young man, and imagine, do y'all know Timothy Chalamet? Do you know who that is? Okay, yeah, some of you do. Like in my mind, I'm like, what would a rich young ruler look like? Like maybe Timothy Chalamet with like the curly hair and like whatever. Um, or you can imagine whoever you want as a rich young ruler. But 
So let's pretend Timothy Chalamet played in the movie Dune. Look Jesus in the eyes. Had an invitation to follow Jesus, to receive everything that he was asking for. But he walks away. He walked away from the greatest treasure he could ever have in this life. He walked away from the King of Kings, from the Lord of Lords, from the Prince of Peace. How could he do that? The same reason why we do it all the time. Free will, free choice, our sin nature, we know all of this. But I also think, because like the rest of us, it's the same plight that Adam and Eve had in the garden. We think there's something more than God, or we think there's something other than God, or we think we can find fulfillment outside of God. And y'all, we can't. No matter what we do, no matter what we have, we cannot find fulfillment outside of God. There's nothing more important than God. The rich young ruler began, well, I mean, my guy was on his knees. Like, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He was in the right direction. He pursued Jesus, had the right posture. He was on his knees, asked the right question. Everything began well. This guy was set up for success, right? He was even living right. He was following all the commandments from his youth, he said. But imagine this face, the face of Jesus. This is a historic image of what Jesus might have looked like. So this face, these eyes, looking at this young man with the most love that he ever experienced, the most honesty that he had ever encountered, the most honest conversation that he'd ever had with anybody. He's looking Jesus in the face. Says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Imagine that for yourself. You're in front of Jesus, you're on your knees, you're asking him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Or whatever your burning question is. And Jesus is looking you in the face and loving you. You have everything you needed, you thought. You're going in the right direction, you thought. But then these eyes of love are looking at you. And he says, one thing you lack one thing you lack. What is that one thing for you? The rich young ruler, in his case, lacked love. He had the author of love, love embodied in front of him. He thought he had everything. I have the riches. I'm even living holy. I'm doing all the right thing. One thing you lack, Jesus said. Do y'all know what your one thing is? Think about it. As I was sitting writing this sermon, I had to think about what my one thing is. What's the one thing that I lacked? Jesus saw the thing, the rich young ruler, Timothy Chalamet, saw the thing that he cared about more than him. This young guy cared about his possessions, his riches, more than Jesus. And that's what Jesus wanted to release him from. Jesus wants to release you from the thing that you care about more than him. And it's not to hurt you, it's to help you. Is it possible to have everything and yet have nothing? Quite frankly, if you do not have Jesus, but you have everything else, my friends, you have nothing at all. Jesus is the thing. Following requires leaving something behind but it also means going towards something. 
the rich young ruler, it's true, he would have had to sell his possessions to give to the poor. He would have had to leave his old life, but he would have spent his life going toward God. There is nothing more remarkable you can do with your life than go toward God. So this young man could have had the greatest treasure of all, but he chose to hold on to his riches instead of following the giver of all. But here's the strange irony, friends. If he had followed Jesus, he would have received everything and then some. Let's read the rest of the text. Mark 10, 23 through 31. <clears throat> Jesus looked around. So the rich young ruler, again, hears the answer from Jesus, but gets up, turns away, and is sad because he had great wealth, right? Then Jesus says this. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Because they're thinking, that guy's rich. He must be loved by the Lord. He's been following the commandments forever and ever. He's living the perfect life. If that guy can't be saved, how can anyone be saved? That's their mentality. That's what they're thinking. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Hold up. If y'all remember in the verses prior, what did the rich young ruler ask for? Eternal life. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And at the end here, after he walks away, Jesus says, no one who has left anything for me will fail to receive in this time all those things and eternal life. So the rich young ruler couldn't let go of his riches. He decided to keep that and walk away from Jesus. But what he didn't know was that Jesus actually would have returned all of his riches to him in this life and he would have had eternal life. He would have had everything he asked for. I have no disrespect for the rich young ruler because in so many ways I identify with him. I completely get being hungry for Jesus and running to Jesus and falling on your knees and asking Jesus, what must I do? And then Jesus gives you the answer. And I'm like, well, I don't like that answer. So, you know, give me a different answer and then we'll see, right? Like, I, like I'm, not, I'm not telling this story to us because I'm like, oh, well, he missed it and he's the worst. You know, I'm like, I get this guy. I completely get it. So I'm really sobered because I feel sad for him. I mean, I'm sure he's chilling in heaven now, but like, I, I just wonder 
how many nights did he remember Jesus's eyes after he walked away? How, how, I don't know if he gained more wealth even in his lifetime, but if it took on a different, if it kind of became dull or not as exciting because he knew, did I miss something? Should I have followed Jesus? And I wonder if he even tried to like make up for it. Like maybe he did give some to the poor and like do all these charitable things in his life. Who knows? I'm speculating here. But he missed out on what he actually was longing for. And there was no way that he could turn around and go back. For me, I'm kind of a what if person. Um, so I love the movies that are like, uh, we watched a movie over Christmas um, where this girl wanted to be a pop star. Um, and, but she was, you know, kind of a, in a waitressing job. And she's like, I hate my life. I want to be a pop star, whatever. Then she runs into this angel, goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning as a pop star. And it's a whole thing. Anyway, um, so it's like, I love stuff like that where it's like, but what if? Like, I could go to sleep one night, wake up in the morning with like my, my dream life. Like, what would that be like? You know, I like to think about things like that. Um, for me, uh, growing up, my grandmother, my dad's mom had a shirt, um, and it said, try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will always take you back. And that's kind of like a tongue in cheek, you know, whatever. <laughs> but in some weird way, it's kind of become like a, a life motto for me where it's like, well, I know what my life is going to be like if I keep going this way. But what if I said yes to Jesus? Like, and if I don't like him, I can just turn around. You know, the devil will take me back, right? Um, I think in some ways, thinking about the rich young ruler, I, I know what my life will be like if I don't follow Jesus all the way. It'll be fine. This guy's life was fine. Like, I know what it will be like if I just keep doing the right thing, don't kill anybody, don't steal anything. You know, it's like I know what my life will be like in this way. But I'm like, what if I went all the way for Jesus in 2024? What would that mean for me? What would that look like for me? As I was sitting with this sermon and God was asking me, Jordan, one thing you lack, one thing you lack, and gave me my specific set of instructions for how I can follow him in 2024, for me, I want to say yes. Because I know, I'm fully convinced that Jesus is everything I'm looking for. I'm fully convinced. And I want to be like Peter, as much trouble as the man caused. I love that he said, we have left everything to follow you. We have left everything to follow you. There isn't a better way to live. I want to leave everything to follow Jesus. For me, some of you know, I left a career in business I left a certain financial status that I had before. I left a certain life that I wanted to live because I'm like, maybe Jesus is going in this direction and I completely disagree with him with, with his decision that he's making for my life. But I know that there is nothing in my life that I can have that is more satisfying than Jesus. I believe that. So I'm not saying following Jesus will be easy or it'll, you'll have everything you ever wanted as soon as you want it, or that you and Jesus are on the same page and we'll make the same decisions. In my case, Jesus and I have not been on the same page with anything at all, right? But I don't regret going in the same direction as him. And I promise you, you will not regret going in the same direction as Jesus. I want to say, I have left everything to follow you.
but how? That's easy for me to say and be all theoretical and be all sentimental and whatever. But there is a very real um, change of minds that we need to have in order to follow Jesus. Everyone has to find their why. I mean, even God had to find his why. I don't know if all of you are familiar with the story of Noah, but basically what happened was, as we say, um, humanity was evil, evil, evil in the times of Noah. So much so that God was grieved that he made people at all and was going to wipe everyone out. Now, God could have done that. He could have been like, I'm done with all of you where you're out. But he found one man, Noah, and his family to save. So there was a whole flood. Everyone else was wiped out, but Noah and his family were saved. And if you read through scripture or hear Bible stories, God is always looking for a reason to say yes. He's always looking for a reason to say yes to us. We don't deserve it. We definitely haven't earned it, but he's always looking for a reason to say yes to us. And that's the kind of God I want to follow. That is, I want to take a page from God's book where to be honest with y'all, there are lots of reasons to say no to God. There are lots of reasons to say no to Jesus. And some of you have pains in your life, prayers that the Lord didn't answer the way you wanted him to, um, things that have happened, church hurts that have happened by pastors and leaders who should have taken care of you and they did it. Like some of you have reasons, legitimate, valid reasons to say no to God. I just want to encourage you to find one reason to say yes. You may have 99 reasons to say no, all good, all valid. Just one reason to say yes to God. If you're caught up in safety, security, money, fame, I'm just a testament to say following Jesus may not be the best idea for you um, if you're looking for those things. But if you're looking for a God who's kind, a God who will protect you, a God who loves you, a God who always has your back, and a God who somehow, some way will get you the things you need, following Jesus is the best idea. It just, it just really is. But everyone has their own reasons. Here's why I follow Jesus. Revelation 1, 12 through 18. So this is John the Revelator who's writing the book of Revelations. This is him speaking. He says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like, the shine, was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death in Hades. For me, the beauty of Jesus and his power are extremely compelling. I want to be close to him and experience his glory. There are other verses in Revelation that talk about how the angels and the elders fall down at the feet of Jesus crying, holy, holy, holy. I want to know what that's like. 
I want, I don't want to just live for myself. I don't want to just live in what I know and what I see. I want to live into the mystery of who Jesus is. Like this depiction of Jesus, I'm like, he sounds epic, like some kind of epic Gandalf type person. I'm like, where is he going? I don't want to go where I'm going. I want to go where he's going. Like, where's the guy with the white hair going? Like that, for me, that compels me. So when I'm tempted to live small, when I'm tempted to be like, oh, well, you know, I could go back to my business career. I could. God wouldn't be mad at me. But what if there's something more for me? What if there's something epic, something more grand than what I can fathom and imagine for myself? Like that is why I follow. Revelation 4.11 also says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will, they were created and have their being. I didn't create myself. I didn't ask to be here in the world. I didn't conjure up my own creation and my own existence. God did that. And so for me, I'm a poet, as Joe mentioned. I know when I write a poem, I labor over each word, over each line, over what it sounds like. And that's just a poem in my journal. How much more has God imagined for each of us who he painstakingly made and knit us together in our mother's womb? For those of us in the room, like there are times where things could have happened to you. There are so many reasons why none of us have to be here in the room today, but the Lord has kept us. I want to know why. So for me, those are the reasons why I follow. But you have your own reasons. But if you need some ideas because I want you to follow Jesus, here are a few. For those who need justice, 1 John 2, 1 says he is our advocate. For those who need counsel, Isaiah 9, 6 says he is our wonderful counselor. For those who need life, John eleven twenty five 25 says he is life. For those who are hungry in their souls, John 6, 35 says he is our bread. For those who need to be understood, Isaiah 53, verse 3 says he is a man of sorrows. For those who need wisdom, John 3, 2 says he is our teacher. For those who need light, John 8, 12 says he is the light of the world. For those who need rescue, John 4, 42 says he is our savior. For those who need peace, Isaiah 9, 6 says he is the prince of peace. For those who feel empty, John 4, 10 says he is the living water. For those who need a path, John 14, 6 says he is the way. All this to say, we can learn from the rich young ruler and leave behind our everything in 2023 to embrace the true everything in 2024, which is Jesus. And we need to follow him. He not only has what we want, but he has what we need and we will receive everything and more when we follow him. Amen? Amen. I'll pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you that you are the longing of our hearts, the desire of our souls. And Lord, I ask that as we worship and receive communion, Lord, that you would comfort us where we need to be comforted, that you would... um, 
convince us where we need to be convinced, but mostly that we would be filled with the thrill of hope, that following you is what we are looking for. God, I thank you that you don't want us to miss out. You do want to answer our questions. You do want to lead us and guide us. And Lord, I pray that we would be led by you, that we will be led into all truth and led into um, a life exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Jesus, I thank you that following you will lead us to the life of our dreams. And I pray that you would convince us, that you would stir up our hearts in the way that only you can. Thank you for my friends. God, they are so loved by you. And I pray that they would know it and be convinced that a life with you is the life they are looking for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, New Life Manitou? The communion servers can come down and as you prepare your own heart for receiving from the Lord's table, I think of that image at the end of the book that Jordan just read for us, that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. I think a lot of times that's how I think of the Lord speaking to me or the spirit of the Lord ministering to me is standing at the door of my heart and knocking. And if the Lord is at the door of your heart this morning, you're invited to come down. You don't need to be a member of this church to receive these elements. You might just say, Lord, I believe. Would you help my unbelief? So you're invited to come through the line, receive. The communion servers will say, Christ's body, his blood for you. And would you receive the elements? Would you go back to where you're standing? And would you just stand there and and wait and hold them? If you can't make it through the aisles, just tap someone on the shoulder. They'll they'll get you some (coughs) elements. But as we come, would you remember that Jesus stands at the door of your heart, knocking, asking, inviting you to follow him? Would you follow him this morning? Would you come and receive communion in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit?
get the bread with me and when it's ready, would you lift it up and consider that Jesus was lifted up on a cross and he said, this is my body shed for you. So would you receive this bread with me, remembering Christ's body broken for you? Jesus also lifted a cup. On the last night of his life, before the next day he would be killed, he said, this cup is a cup of a new covenant. It's my blood shed for you. In the Old Testament, we see animals and sacrifices being made, but Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, that says that once and for all, Christ's blood was shed for us. And it's atoning sacrifices over all of our sins. So we drink this and we remember our sins forgiven, us made new by Christ's blood. So Lord, we praise your holy name. We thank you for these gifts, your body, your blood shed for us. Lord, we give you our lives. We follow you, Lord. We say, help us to follow you. We give you all praise and all honors. We leave from here following you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, as you leave from here, don't go quickly. Go very slowly. This is the, the last Sunday of the year, for goodness sakes. Meet some people as you leave. Share with each other your lives, hopes, expectations, resolutions. If you would like prayer, myself, a team of people will be down here to pray with you. We would love to pray with you. If you're new or newish to New Life Manitou, or if you're just visiting and it's like, well, we might not ever be back because we're just in town. We have a gift for you. Would you fill out a visitor card as you leave? Uh, right back there, I see Kelly. She's, she'll take your card. Or if you want to do it digitally, you could scan the QR code on the backs of the seats. Just make sure you tell Kelly or whoever else as well uh, back there at that table that you would like a gift. We have a lot of gifts, not just one for per family, one per person. We have a, it's a year-long devotional guide. And my wife and I and our four boys, we did it all last year. It's, it's published by New Life Church. And so it's uh, a lot of stories and one day at a time devotionals. We would love to give that to you as a gift. And next week, everybody say next week. We will have our Vision Sunday. We'll talk about the vision of 2024 for this church. We'll also have a party afterwards. We'll give everybody that comes uh, a physical copy of the CD, our worship album that we recorded. And there's cake next week. Not this week. I know a lot of you just got to wait. What's, what's going on? That's next week. There'll be a cake. Let me pray a blessing over you as you go. Because when you get here next week, uh, it'll be next year. It'll be 2024. So I will pray a blessing. Lord, may you bless and keep. Lord, may you make your face to shine upon us. Lord, would your hand that has already been upon us all of 2023 continue to be upon us in 2024. May we see your miracles, your love that is upon us. Lord, may new words of prophecy be upon our lives. May the newness of this year bring your new spirit to us, your new mercies every single day. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen. Go in peace.